Hey, this is Max from the Arkells, and you're listening to Underground Sports Philadelphia. Welcome into episode number 544 of Underground Sports Philadelphia. It's KB, it's Matt. I'm coming to you from Columbus, Ohio. Matt is obviously at home base, uh, but we're bringing the pod to you regardless. we got a lot to dive into from the Phils, the Flyers. I'm talking way more Flyers on this podcast, I think, than we have in the last like two years. Uh, but I guess that's what happens when you finally take a course of action to potentially change. Uh, we're not going to have to deal with Monster Trez next year. Shake Milton might be on the way out, and we'll get into the Philadelphia Union as well. Uh, but before we get into everything, make sure you guys are following us at Underground PHI on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook.com slash Underground Sports PHI. And if you want to see Matt and I record uh, every Wednesday episode live, you can watch us on Twitch.tv slash Underground Sports PHI. Follow Matt on Twitter at Matt Castorina. Follow me at KBIZZL311. Subscribe to the podcast feed on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Leave a five-star rating and review. It does go a long way for helping the show continue to grow. Helps more people find Underground Sports Philadelphia and lets us take this thing to the next level. And, of course, be sure to subscribe to the Underground Sports Philadelphia YouTube channel. It's youtube.com slash at Underground Sports Philadelphia. That's where you get full video episodes of this show twice a week. You get full video episodes of every podcast on our network. You get live streams, shorts, original content. It all goes on our main YouTube channel, youtube.com slash at Underground Sports Philadelphia. And, of course, this show is presented by City of Vineland. And the City of Vineland Municipal Calendar features city-organized, city-sponsored, and city-affiliated events that are of public interest. The calendar, which is accessible at vinelandcity.org, is a good way for residents and visitors to build awareness, remain engaged with city government, and participate in local events. You can also follow the City of Vineland on social media via their Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, and YouTube pages. Through these tools, you can stay connected to the community. Get important announcements about programs and services offered by the city. Finally, New Jersey, where it's always a growing season. And big thank you to Security 21 Security Systems and Paul J. Gillespie Incorporated for their continued support of this podcast. What's going on, Matt? I am living the dream. We uh, unfortunately saw the Phillies' uh, win streak dream come to an end uh, at the hands of the Atlanta Braves the first time the Braves being back at Citizens Bank Park since Reese Hoskins was bat spiking, Spencer Strider was struggling, and uh, the Phillies were on their way to uh, advancing to the NLCS. Uh, but the Phillies let one slip away where uh, Ranger Suarez goes six innings, only gives up one run, and then uh, for whatever reason, Rob Thompson kind of hit the Joe Girardi button and let Jeff Thompson come in, or Jake Thompson come in and uh, pitch and. Uh, 
things just unraveled from there. When you bring in a guy who's not a high-leverage reliever, and uh, I think it was Jeff Hoffman. I saw that he signed Jake Thompson. He's at double-A, which, I mean, the way that the Philly bullpen pitched, they might as well, might, <laughs> might as well all be at double-A. Um, but it was a winnable game, unfortunately, that, that slipped away, and we've talked about it since we kind of got told and, and – news of how the the schedule is going to be this year for baseball and how important divisional games are going to be to kind of let a game like that slip through your fingers is tough especially against the Braves yeah I, you know what's stupid too is the Phillies have been on this great streak and they've actually lost ground in the division now uh they've won what 13 of their last 16 and uh have have now lost a game in the division uh, which is super frustrating but yeah I, I think I felt all this season of the Braves aren't really our competition. You know, I, I think it, and that's really been solidified by the fact that we've been playing very well over the last two weeks and have made up nothing in the division because they've been just as good. And that's just been the way they've been all year, to be frank, too. It's not like they're on some uh, some hot streak, although they have been really blowing teams away. So I think that's a positive sign for the Phillies, right? They had scored, I think they'd scored over like 100 runs in their last like 20 games. Like they had been on, on some kind of tear coming into this series. So the fact that the the first game you get a, a good Ranger Suarez game, you know, I, I'm going to choose to take the positive approach here and look at the the nice parts of this. Uh, you know, like you said, Ranger goes deep into this game and and has uh, hands off what is a very winnable game uh, at that point. And I, I think you're right to point out that I think Rob Thompson a little bit of a head scratcher with some of the decisions there. I, I don't know what her obsession with Covey is. I, I I really don't get it. I don't know why he keeps getting uh he he, he keeps getting time because. He just has not been effective. Uh, and he wasn't the, the only reason we, we lose that game. But, yeah, just a, a bit of a bizarre decision. I You know, listen, it, it's it's a frustrating loss in the sense that it was right there for you. And, you know, it's I think it's a little bit demoralizing, at least as a fan, when you feel like this team isn't playing so well. And it hasn't really – you feel like this team should be in a division race, and they're just not, and they're not going to be. And, you know, it's, it's just frustrating when you're looking at the wild card this early and, like, that's – that's what you're kind of hanging your hat on as a Phillies fan is that, well, you know, well, you know, we're, we're in the wild card race and the, the division just feels so out of reach because the Braves just know how to churn, uh, you know, a regular season out and they know how to find talent and, and scrape it from the bottom of a barrel or from your local high school and somehow, you know, just make it work. I, I, I don't get it, but yeah, I think on the whole, you know, this, this team, this Phillies team this year has been so Jekyll and Hyde. And that, you know, we kind of, I have expected to be coming on this podcast and be talking about, you know, know, I think we joked that they were going to lose two out of three to Oakland, right? And, you know, that would be like the funny, the funny bit from this team. And they they sweep Oakland, right? And I mean, that was even with resting some guys for that series. Um, And three out of four from Arizona. Yeah, like you win a good series against Arizona. Like you probably should have swept that series, to be honest, if it wasn't Mm -hmm. for that, that wonky first game. But I, yeah, that's, that's good. Like that's objectively a good thing. And, you know, you you sweep a team in Oakland that you should be sweeping. Uh, you know, the, the Phillies over the last few years have struggled to do those kind of what you should do in this scenario types of, uh, of beats. And so, yeah, I think there's, there's a lot to be positive about. I think too, the fact that the pitching has looked better, you know, you highlighted Ranger Suarez and, you know, we've talked about Tywin Walker and his turnaround now, uh, you know, he's had three good starts, you know, in a row. And I, I think that's, that's a really positive thing. Um, and Wheeler and, and Nola has been a little inconsistent this year, but you know, those are guys you still trust in big moments can give you big performances. But um, yeah, I, I think that's, again, if you're, if you're looking for a positive spin, that's the positive spin for me is yes, this is a, it's a frustrating, you know, series opening loss, but um, you know, truth be told, I, I'm much more positive about like the two weeks preceding 
than than I am uh, negative about the one game. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, you brought up, you know, it sucks looking at the wild card this early, but when you do, like, Phillies are only two games out of the wild card. The unfortunate part is two of those three teams that are currently in the wild card are in the NL West, and they're going to be fighting all season for them. And the Giants are just on a a pair right now, won nine in a row. Uh, and then the other team that you're competing with, where division games come into play and they're so important, is the stupid Miami Marlins, who are somehow still not coming back down to earth. I don't know if they ever will. Uh, they're forty-two and thirty-three, and they're sitting uh, pretty much damn near a virtual tie for the number one wild card right now. And then the next team is the Dodgers that you're two games behind. But the the way the Phillies are playing right now, and, and yes, the, the first Braves game sucked. And it, like you said, it was demoralizing from a fan perspective. The way they're playing right now, though, they have to continue to stockpile wins because so many of these teams that are behind them, not only you know a team like the Mets in the division, but teams like the Padres, teams like the, the Brewers and the Cubs and the Pirates who are all kind of like hovering around that, that weird wild card space where it's like it's still early enough for us to feel like we're still competing for a wild card. You want to be able to just like rip their souls out and, and give them no hope of a wild card and just keep stockpiling wins to push them further and further down in the wild card standings, even going into the trade deadline, because then that opens up opportunities for not only you, but other teams to go to these teams that are behind you in the standings. And it's like, hey, you're not going to make the playoffs, so sell us off some of your best players. Yeah, that, that would definitely be a, an ideal scenario. But like you said, the wild card race is uh, they're still very wild. The, the Marlins, I, I, I think, could just have an outlier season. You know, it, it's not impossible, and they would be the team to do it, of course. Uh, you know, I, I think you're right in thinking that at some point this is all going to you know, kind of wash away, but it hasn't, you know, and it, it, I just I wonder if at some point, you know, we get to late July and they're still hanging around the wild card at that point. I Who knows, right? Like, it's, it's, it's a really challenging thing to say. Um, I think it does obviously make, you know, this Brave series is important, and you want to be you want to be winning every game, every series that you're in. But you know, let's be real; you do have some priorities, and you know, it does add a little more intrigue, I think, to the Mets series. You know, uh, later this week, because listen, you know, the season is long. You know, and then as as bad as the Mets have been recently, there's still only four and a half games back of the Phillies. You know, like that is a that is that is ground you can make up in in mid June. You know, like that is that is the Phillies were in a worse position last year. And went to the World Series, you know, like it, we've seen them maybe not come back position, from worse in, but, in September against the Mets. Yes, so. so maybe maybe they weren't in a worse position. The Phillies hadn't lost like twenty straight like the Mets have, but you know, like it's <laughs> the Phillies were not exactly in a strong position in mid June last year either, and the season ended up very good for them. So the Mets still have time to turn it around, but that series I think is much more important to me personally, and I think for the rest of the Phillies season because that's a team you could theoretically actually be competing with the wild card for. I um, mean, it'd be nice to have a tiebreaker over. And like you said, you know, maybe if you sweep the Mets or at least win that series, you're putting you're putting some distance between them. Maybe you're 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 pushing them further away from that life raft, um, and that'd be the ideal thing. And yeah, you just have to figure out now how to f- beat the Marlins. You know, that'd be nice if uh, if only we've uh, <laughs> if only we haven't don't have like long history of just not being able to beat the Marlins. It's absolutely insane. I th- um, I saw the. Earlier this week, John Stolness uh, put a tweet out about you know, like the the makeup of the Phillies schedule um, for the for kind of the remainder of the season, what they played so far. I'm gonna try to pull it up here if I can find it. 
it it is pretty fascinating the way that the schedule works out for the Phillies here, like down the stretch throughout like the rest of June and going into like the double days of summer. Um, yeah, so on the 19th, uh, John Stolmas tweeted the Phillies started their seven game road trip 13 and 20 on the road, the second worst record in baseball. They now sit at 19 and 23. They played 30 home games, 42 on the road, and that's you know 12 more. Like they've cut out a, a big bulk of their road schedule already and it's you know june's not even over yet. i think it's huge you know when when crunch time is rolling around and they're going to be able to have some more, more home games and we all know they're for whatever reason a much better home team than they are on the road to have that advantage for yourself you know going down the stretch of the season i think is going to pay dividends for the Phils. yeah i think we we talked about that maybe two weeks ago when we were uh just kind of discussing that you know this past series against Arizona and all that was kind of the last time that this team is going to be going West pretty much all year. They have one series away to San Diego, but uh, largely speaking, yeah, they're going to be in the Eastern time zone and at home a lot more on the, the second half of, of the season, which is an advantage, you know, when you cut down on travel um, and, you, and you don't have those, those long late flights, uh, you know, that that is a, a nice benefit to have, you know, when you're talking about the, the second half. Um, yeah. I, I was looking at it too. They're five and nine. Uh, in in the NL East uh, this year, that's that's tough. That that has to improve. Um, you know, and and if you're going to be competitive, you know, the Braves are 18 and six in the NL East so far this year. Now, of course, they've had the benefit of uh, you know, kind of steamrolling on uh, on like the Nats and and the Mets already this season. You know, the Phillies haven't had a lot of our two, but yeah, I mean, a bulk of those wins too for the Phillies of those five wins are against the Nationals. You know, like they they really have not played well against their, their, their division rivals this year. And that, I mean, that could really be the difference between this team making the playoffs potentially or not. I, you know, it, it sucks to say, but if you continue down that path and, and you're not competitive against the Mets, against the Marlins, against the Braves, uh, you know, you're, you're, you're really putting yourself in a much more challenging position. They're 16 and 10 in interleague play. That is, <laughs> I guess who's the best in the division though, is the Marlins who are 17 and seven. Uh, so of course, of course they you know, are. right. <laughs> it's just Add bizarre, it to the bizarre list. stuff. Yeah. So, uh, you know, they, you, you hope the Phillies improve it in that regard because uh, right now, I, I think even the, the, the nationals are, are just doing slightly worse in the division at seven and 15. So you really don't want to be, uh, be in their stratosphere. The discrepancy though, in games played against the division compared to everyone else for the Phillies is wild. Like the fact that they've only played 14 divisional games and it's June 21st as we record, this is crazy. Yeah, it's bizarre. I mean, we're like we're like two or three series behind everyone else. Uh, you know, like the, the Braves have already played 24 games against divisional opponents. We have not done that. Like, it's not even... I don't, it's like I don't know how... three series more. Yeah, I, I don't fully understand how that's happened. Uh, you know, I it's so strange to me because it feels like we've just we and it's true we have barely played the division this year which maybe is a good thing because i i would actually prefer you know based off last year too where we had the opposite where it felt like we played 80 games against the mets and the braves uh by june that maybe you know when we were a little more inconsistent in in april and may maybe it's better now that when this team feels at least a little more settled and like they're in a little bit better of a groove that maybe now the more meaningful games come along and the ones that can really matter. But 
you know, ultimately, I, again, you're going to have to improve on that record if you want to be a wild card team because, you know, like it or not, you're going to have to compete, it seems like, with the Marlins and possibly the Mets, if not both of them, for, for wild card positions. So, you know, having those those advantages, they've already done a lot of good work by by playing well against the Dodgers and, and a team like the Diamondbacks. Like, you know, you have a chance here with, with someone like the Padres even, like uh, the Cubs. Like, you've done good work if you're the Phillies to kind of put yourself in a good position. A lot of the teams around you, you – either have the tiebreaker or have the opportunity in the series remaining throughout the, the season to get a tiebreaker against them. Like don't let the division be the reason, you know, that, that you miss out on this. Cause that'd be, that'd be a really frustrating way to, to miss out on the postseason. And not that I ever want us to, you know, prey on the downfall of our enemies, but it is crazy how the Mets have ruined Justin Verlander. And that has been such a huge, like, thorn in their side to to their downfall this year is that they go and spend big money on a guy who was unbelievable for the Houston Astros over the last three or four seasons, whatever it's been, comes off Tommy John surgery, wins a Cy Young, wins a Cy Young and a World Series at our expense last year. Then he goes to the Mets, and he's absolutely terrible. Yeah, I wonder what it was about Houston that was so good at uh, that he was so good down there. That's crazy that he was so good in Houston, and all of a sudden he's he's bad now. That's just bizarre. That is so bizarre. I wonder. You know, he's not hanging out with Framber Valdez. You know, so I think uh, I think just something about Framber and him. They just had that good connection. You know, there's a really good link up. You know, I think they really just a good shot in the arm for each other. You know, I think they just. They should. They really got together. along well. They really should have stuck together. You know, I mean, they, you know, it was crazy. Like that team, they anywhere they went, they called on the just the traveling band because they were so happy, so excited. They would just start drumming on things, banging on stuff. You know, like man, just a fun team to be around. I, I and I don't know what it work. was. You, they just guys to that were can all day. Guys that were fifty-seven look thirty-two on that team. It's crazy. It's crazy. You know, it's just and it's it's truly a a, a modern marvel that that team was just so healthy and, you know, they got so much mileage out of Verland and all of a sudden he's bad. That's, that's surprising. You hate to see it. You just hate to see it. Actually, you love to see it. You love to see the Mets doing terribly. I, I, it is, it is truly a blessing. It, it brings nothing but joy to my heart to see Mets fans in shambles calling their season over before Memorial Day. It, it is just a, a beautiful thing, and watching them suffer into June now has been such a treat. Um, let's take a look at the Major League Baseball and, of course, NL East run differentials. It's brought to you by our friends over at Wasted Wedge, and a new age of golf has arrived, and are looking to be the talk and envy your group and create memories with friends and family look no further than the lineup of wasted wedge products and merchandise these wasted wedges are a blast to drink shots out of on and off the course and you guys can check them out at wastedwedge.com or find them at wasted wedge on instagram and facebook and be sure to follow the let them know you're coming from underground sports philadelphia remember the name it's wastedwedge.com and follow them on instagram and facebook at wasted wedge matt looking at the nl east run differential uh, the Braves, by far and away, ahead of everybody uh, in the standings with the plus 102 run differential. If they score one run tonight, they will uh, eclipse the 400 mark for the season. Uh, they're just on a roll. They're 8-2 and two in their last 10. They were going, you know, toe-for-toe. Toe. I think this happened last year, too, where the Phillies went on a, a long win streak at the same exact time the Braves did. 
and you know one loss cost the Phillies effectively two games in the standings. Yes. By the way, I just I've I've just been looking at like some of the expanded uh, expanded uh, standings. The Phillies are the second best team in baseball in one run games. They're sixteen and seven in one run games. Would you like to guess? Who is number one in one run games in the uh, in all of the baseball? Marlins? It's got to be the Marlins. The Marlins are eighteen and five in one run games. We we can't beat these guys. We just can't beat these guys. We need to open an investigation. I mean, come Some, on, something's fishy there. And they're not just like better; they are far and away the best. Like sixteen and seven is already very good. You know, if you look around the league, uh, you know, there's there's really. Not a lot of teams even have like above 500. Uh, you know, like the Brewers are 11 and four. You know, that's that's about the closest I'm I'm looking at, and we're 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 very far ahead of everyone at 16 and seven. They're 18 and five. That's disgusting. That's what are we crazy. Doing? <laughs> uh, of the Marlins, they're just most ridiculous outlier stats. They're 42 and 33 on the year, uh, and they have a negative 18 run differential. They have scored the second least. Uh, amount of runs in the division at 303 uh, but they have lost two straight so got to catch them other cold they they are the minnesota marlins they're they're just fraud alert everywhere you look with this team i mean truly it's unbelievable 22 and 15 at home 20 and 18 on the road it seems like if you want to beat the marlins you got to catch them in your home stadium because something's going on down there in miami I don't know what it is. I'm sure Ron DeSantis has something to do with it. Uh, investigation is ongoing, though. It's Jimmy Butler's coffee. They probably, you know. Yeah, his $100 coffee. They extracted some of Matthew to Chuck's uh, no, well, I heard, sternum. I heard, I heard the Miami Marlins' new business idea is they're going to sell a million-dollar ticket. Um, and all they need to do is sell one ticket each game, and they're good. You know, and, like, someone's bound to buy this ticket. All they need to do is sell one million-dollar ticket, and they're good. I'm sure someone in Miami – it's going to spend a million dollars on 81 home games at some point. So, and, and that's all they need. They'll make bars. It, they would make $81 million if they did that. That's all they have to do. It's easy. <laughs> just like Jimmy Butler just has to sell like $10, $100 cup of coffee and he's like a millionaire somehow. You know, it's fine. It's so Don't easy. worry about that's... how that's going to happen. Just know that all he needs, it just needs to happen and it's good. Jimmy might make more money selling coffee than he does in the NBA. Uh, I mean, if he sell, if he's listen, if he does the smart thing and sells a cup of coffee for like ten million dollars, he just needs to sell three cups of coffee to match his NBA salary. Ten X. It's about the grind set. It's about the mindset. He's not taking the dinner with Jay Z even anymore. He's taking the dinner with the Starbucks lady. That's what he's doing. People are actually taking dinner with Jimmy Butler now. Yeah, he well he would and honestly, here's the crazy thing: he doesn't even eat, he's just a regular guy. He's at he's he's getting a cafe because he's studying the competition to sell better coffee. And then taking the nightcap over to Dunkin' Donuts and saying, "Hey, like well, you said, man, it's the grind set." I'm gonna be honest. I'm not. I'm not trying to call a stir here, but. Dunkin' Donuts for me is not a competitor to anyone. Uh, that that coffee is, it is a last resort, last option type of coffee. I'm gonna be honest. I'm not even a coffee snob. I will drink anything. I like my coffee just black straight up, and I will I will drink. But I'm telling you, for me, Dunkin' is like all right. You know, like I'll, I guess it, it's like you're in the car with everyone else, and you're in a Dunkin' car, and it was like oh we're gonna stop there. I'm like okay, cool. 
I guess. I would much sure. rather most anything else, but sure. I would rather find my way to like a double tree or a holiday inn and get the uh like continental breakfast coffee than than mess around with Dunkin' Donuts. And just again, I'm not even trying to be a coffee snob. It is just not good coffee. It just isn't. And then uh, the Phillies in third place, 38 and 35, uh, still, unfortunately, with a <laughs> negative run differential. I like I, I like the tangent we went on. That was fun. That was great. See what the Marlins do to us? <laughs> Phillies uh, with a negative 15 run differential, uh, still trying to claw their way out uh, of the negatives there, but. 19 and 12 at home, 19 and 23 on the road. Uh, so they're winning just as much. They just need to uh, figure some more things out on the road uh, in terms of stringing wins together like they did out west for once. Uh, the Lowell New York Mets at 34 and 40 are uh, currently at a negative 15 run differential as well. They've scored more runs than the Phillies, but they've given up more runs than the Phillies, and they are 4 and 6 in their last 10. And it's just a beautiful thing. They're 17 and 15 at home, but on the road, they're 17 and 25. They just don't know how to win away from uh, the old Big Apple. So keep keep on a beat down on the Mets if you're if you're hosting them, because uh, we love to see it. And then the stolen franchise, Washington Nationals, at 28 and 45, they uh, they have a negative 59 run differential. Um, something that shocked me, and I guess they've just been on a, a roll here right now. I mean, everybody but one team in the NL Central has a negative run differential, and it's not the first-place team because it's the first-place Cincinnati Reds, Matt. Who saw that coming? Cincinnati Reds at 40-35, and 35, catching the heat uh, right in the beginning of summer. They've won 11 in a row, but still have a I, negative 14 run differential. I think that might be your fault. I think that might be your fault. I think since you stepped foot in Ohio, they've uh, they've been on a heater. <laughs> and I'm going to the game on Friday, which I'm and going they to will have lose to root that for game. the Reds. They probably <laughs> they, will, they will. But I'm I'm going to have to root for the Reds because they're playing the Atlanta Braves. Yeah. But okay. So you know what's crazy? We've obviously had this like submarine thing. How did Nick Castellanos not? I he has to hit a home run tonight, right? I don't He's know. Got to. And I'm not trying to be. I'm not trying to be dark here, but I know there's like the deadline for like when their oxygen runs out. Is it going to be like when like it's kind of confirmed, like no matter what, they're like they're not with us anymore? Is that when Cassiano strikes? I don't know how his powers work. I don't know if it's always the start of the bad event or if it's like because really like the it's I guess it's still very much up in air because they could technically still find this thing and it's a happy ending and I don't know the Cassianos is aura really affects that at all but i think maybe thursday if it hasn't been found by then uh i would i would maybe consider throwing some money down at castellano say home run because it just feels like uh if he is really mothman reincarnate that feels like the right thing for him to do well i mean he he hit the home run the day i-95 collapsed and that was just an inevitable thing that's the thing you know like it's I, I got to think that, you know, it's just the, the energy around him is waiting till we, we get some clarity on the situation because it's so unclear right now. Um, again, they could just pull this submarine up out of the water and then uh, that the Blink-182 kid has got to explain all the weird tweets to his stepfather. So, I you know. I... 
Cassianus is like the uh, scene in uh, Infinity War when Thanos like grabs the Mind Stone out of uh, of Vision's head, but not the right way. So he just reverses it, and then he's got to do it when the time is right, and then he powers up perfectly. That's him just waiting for this submarine to either be found or just go to com- the complete abyss. Uh, I did see a very funny uh, post that. Uh, the easiest way to find the submarine because there's only one address in the ocean. And it's 42 Wallaby Way, Sydney. I tell you, I listen. I just don't go like two miles under the ocean in search of things. Nothing good comes from a trip like that. I, I'm just gonna be honest. There's there's just nothing to gain from that experience. I you know, and I think that's that's maybe the most important lesson that we've all learned over the last few days. Um, and I just look forward to seeing Cassianos give a stamp of finality to this on, on Thursday, one way or the other. Um, and, and we'll just have to wait and see. At least it wasn't our good pal Dom controlling the ship because the video game controller might have been broken. Uh, yeah, and I, I wonder if maybe that's the problem, if they get FIFA on that screen and maybe someone got a little upset. I, have, I just have a million questions that you will obviously never be answered, but... Um, my number one is why, but you know, outside of that, I, I think uh, there, there's a lot. There's a lot. To, I need to know what the bathroom situation is. I need to know what the airflow situation is down there. Like, are they just they're just in a can with like no moving air? Like, it's gotta be hot, right? It's did you sweaty? Did you see the picture of them in the vessel? I did, and it's like it didn't look cozy. Uh, it looked it looked a lot like you were just sitting in a drainage pipe. Um, and I'm not a submarine expert. I, I'm not an expert. I just, and that's why I have so many questions. I just, I, I, I don't know. I would take one look at that thing. If I had disposable income where I could theoretically spend $250,000 on some kind of excursion, number one, this would not be the excursion that I no. would do. But number two, I would look inside the thing and be like, I'm actually good. I like, this is not for me personally, just not for me. I will just fire up a YouTube video of someone else doing it. And it's kind of just the same thing because you're not even experiencing it. You're just seeing it on a screen. It's not like you're looking out the porthole and you're like, wow, it's the Titanic. Like, you're just seeing it on a TV. That's no different. James Cameron has to be drooling, though, because he knows the sequels in the works now. James Cameron's like, these idiots. I've been down there dozens of times. This is, this is, they should have just did asked. This me. With, I did this without a submarine, actually. I dove down by myself. I just attached a tire to my legs and drifted down to the Mariana stretch. Avatar Five is just going to be the the sequel to the Titanic. I've, I'm looking forward to the uh, the Easter egg in the new one. So, <laughs> um, but look, getting back to uh, to baseball, the uh, the Chicago Cubs, the only team in the NL Central with a positive run differential, and they're 36 and 38 with a plus 26 run differential. Uh, while everybody but one team in the NL West uh, is sitting positive. Uh, the Colorado Rockies, though, with the worst run differential in the National League at minus 103. And I feel like that's a team that has to be added to the, you know, the trade deadline watch now. Like, they just continue to free fall. And that team, for whatever reason, just can't figure it out with anything. Like, if, if they're willing giving up Nolan Arenado to then go sign Chris Bryant and he hasn't been the same since he's gotten out there. Uh, they just need to trade off any relevant piece on that team to whoever and just start from scratch because 
something about that team just they don't know what they're doing. Why are why is no one asking for them to get moved to Las? They've been. Why why are they not going to Las Vegas? Is my right. question. I, I they've been just as bad in my lifetime as Oakland. I think they've both had like one or two playoff runs in my lifetime. I think Colorado's had like marginally more success, uh, but I because they got I, you in know, the I, series. Yeah, I'm you know I I'm just asking questions here. That's all. I'm just RFK. I'm just asking questions, baby. They uh. And, I mean, they have pitching that, like, I feel like if you get that pitching out of Coors Field, they'd be pretty serviceable. I will say that is that is the lie we tell ourselves all the time, though, with Colorado pitching. It's like, well, you know, if you get – and it just – I just feel like we've – people have said that, like, again, my entire lifetime, and it feels like it's never worked out that way. I cannot remember the last pitcher to leave Colorado and be, like, good. I, I really I – just, I just feel like a lot of times – and it's an easy thing to tell yourself, but I just – there's no I, – I look at this roster and I'm not like, ah, I'm interested. I'm like, I, I'm good. I think I'm actually pretty good. Yeah, and I can't even campaign for John Gray this year because he signed a massive free agent contract for the best team in the American League. Uh, Who, who's the other guy you always liked on here, Charlie Blackman? You were always a big uh... – Yeah, he, he's like 30,000 years old now, though. Yeah, but that was – that's that's a, that's a an old he's, That's he. He's like the old man version of Brandon Marsh. He's the ghost of Christmas future. <laughs> yeah, does, is Kyle Freeland doing it for you? I mean, not interested. That's, I'm not saying I would trade for him, but that's a guy that this front, the Phillies front office would be like all over because he's from here. Chase Anderson is on the Rockies. No wonder. Yes. <laughs> God, no wonder. Talk about a terrible place for that guy. I'm sorry. They signed Chase Anderson, the Rockies. That guy had like a 200 ERA here. God, it's like the worst place for him to possibly end up. And he hasn't been awful. How? He's got 34 innings pitched, 4.72 ERA. I think he's a better ERA than Zach Wheeler right now. God works in mysterious ways, dude. That's all I know. That's unreal. Uh, and then looking at the American League, the Tampa Bay Rays, still with the best record in baseball at 52-25, first team to hit the 50-win mark this season. Uh, they have a plus-146 run differential, uh, which is best in baseball, just behind the Texas Rangers, who are 45-28 and at plus-150. Um and then the Oakland A's back in the driver's seat for the worst record in baseball at 19 and 56 with a negative 204 run differential. Meanwhile, the uh, Kansas City Royals just a game and a half behind them uh, at 20 and 54. They uh, they have a negative 118 run differential. And then the 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 American League adjacent, the Miami Marlins, the Minnesota Twins. They are 36-38 and 38 in first place and have a plus-22 run differential this year. It's some kind of fraud. I don't know what it is, but we're going to get to the bottom of it and call it for a meeting at the Four Seasons. We're going to make an announcement. We're headed with a, a team of lawyers to sort this out because I got to tell you, they're stealing it from us, Kyle. That's what they're doing. It's crazy. Um, can we also just, like, 
get the Phillies to do like a team bonding on one of their days off to get them all hypnotized to let them believe that every month of the year is June. Yeah, there's something about this month that, uh, yeah, I agree. I, I don't know if it's like, we might just have a bunch of dudes from the desert. I, I think that's our problem, and they just need a lot of sunlight. Like, they're like fickle plants. And so June, you know, has the most sunlight, uh, you know, for, for the, the whole year. So maybe maybe that's just what it is. Maybe we've got a bunch of window plants, and we need uh, we need to, we need to sort something out here. We have a team full of the yellow spotted lizards from holes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's too <Sunday>. damn bad. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Uh so yeah, second game of the series. Tonight. That's Bryce sure. that's Bryce yelling at everyone else on this team. Like, I'm tired, grandpa. <laughs> <laughs> the uh Second game of the series against the Braves tonight. Hopefully, uh, goes our way. But who knows? That's that's the joy of, of Phillies baseball. You never know what's going to happen with this team because every single night is something new that makes you go, "What the fuck?" It's this is oh, so we're in a rain delay right now, by the way, because I, I kept checking back in and uh, just kept replaying Aaron Nola pitching to Ronald Acuna Jr. Like, man, this has been a long at bat. They've been going for forty <laughs> minutes. That's that's quite the duel, huh? Um, so yeah, I, I, I think a rain delay is very bad for us actually. Uh, and, and has me very pessimistic about the outcome of this game. This is not ideal situation to, to be very honest. At least it didn't happen while the game was already started. Cause I feel like that's always like the worst for us is like, that's when Nola's like as best he'll have his like great two innings and then it's like, Oh, rain delay. And then you lose it's. Him. It seems like they started because it did it like last play is Aaron Nola pitches to Ronald Acuna Jr. and then it's it's a rain delay. So I wasn't watching it live, and this is like someone is definitely screaming listening to this like you idiots. But um, yeah, it seems it seems like they actually started and maybe they did it. I don't know. Tough to say. It's top of the first with no outs, so it maybe didn't actually start, but. Nice little uh, Yeah. Well, you know, this is just we're, we're getting rain for like a, a quite the quite the next week, which is fantastic. You love to see it. Gotta love it. Um, let's go from the baseball time into uh, the new orange and black. Uh, it's brought to you by our friends over at Kenwood Beer. It's the official beer of Underground Sports Philadelphia. They just uh, did a full-fledged rebrand of everything. New merch is available at Kenwood.com. That looks fantastic, including the Kenny Hockey Club shirts, the Kenwood Golf shirts. Uh, they look amazing. It's a refreshing light beer, 4.1% ABV, 127 calories, just 10 grams of carbs. Go to Kenwoodbeer.com. Use the Kenny tracker to see who has all new and improved Kenwood beer on tap in the Philadelphia area. You can buy it at your local Philadelphia area liquor store or in eastern Pennsylvania, your local Whole Foods. Check them out. They've got the gold tops now as well. Uh, light body, light calories, plenty of flavor, the best light beer on the planet. Must be 21 or older uh, to do so. And, of course, please drink responsibly the new flyers jerseys have been uh released matt and i think the only difference i see is the giant independence blue cross logo patch 
that your brother was not too happy about. And the black jersey that they have is still the exact same one from last year, and they didn't change the orange like they did on the other two jerseys. I'm going to be so honest. I, I could not tell the difference. Uh, this felt like the, the office gag. Uh, corporate needs to find you, needs you to find the difference between these two pictures. I, I, I see no appreciable difference between these two things. Um, I feel bad for the guys they dragged to have to come back and throw these things on. And by the way, you know, if you ever seen those videos of the runway models going down and they always have those like kind of runway model faces, they're very like, I don't know, they're, they're sort of like, they're giving blue steel a little bit, you know, like they're giving those cold blank stares, but also like serving a little bit. Um, these guys look like they have just been told that they have their families in the other room and that they're, uh, they're going to be deported for espionage or something like it. Honestly, it, it could not have been worse vibes ever. I, I don't know what was, I, first of all, do we need like in-person Jersey reveals at all to begin with? Is that a thing that we need? We can't just release a graphic. We can't just like take pictures with them or like Photoshop them. Like we, do we really need this to begin with? And number two, if you're going to do this, shouldn't it be an actual change? That seems right. Like you look at me like, Oh wow, those are new. I honestly could not tell you what is different about these jerseys at all. The, uh, the black jerseys did not change, and apparently they went back to the burnt orange uh, that they had in the past, but couldn't tell the difference. And uh, like you said, the, the guys that were modeling them looked distraught and just, like, did not want to be there. Also kind of weird that, like, he's still on the team, but Travis McNeil not involved in the, the jersey reveal whatsoever. Kind of shocking to me. Um, and apparently people talking online uh today that something big with the flyers is supposed to happen uh tomorrow and the rumors that kevin hayes is getting traded listen i i am willing to hear out the flyers they they are they're uh they're welcome in my home again but i'm not speaking with them you know like i will i will care for them uh it, this is purely just a a survival uh, sort of agreement that I've made with them. I'm, I will make them food. I will make sure that they have access to uh, all the things that you need to survive. I'm not interested in having a relationship with them at this point. They're going to have to do a lot of work to make that up to me, but I'm not making them sleep outside anymore and fend for themselves and be exposed to the elements and potentially die. You know, like I've, I've worked my way up from there. So whatever, whatever they do is whatever they do. I I'm, I'm interested to hear about it. Like they can tell me about it again. I'm not going to talk back to them. They can tell me all about it, but we'll see. And it took less than a week to bring in the next Flyers alumni to the front office, too. John LeClaire joining the fold, which was like the one Again, guy we just didn't name. Don't know how we missed John LeClaire on that, uh, on our list of, of, of bringing back the hits. Uh, I think the funniest thing you could do is get Eric Lindros back. Um, that would that would probably be uh, the, the best bit you could pull, but yeah. I, we'll see. I mean, I... I Again, I am skeptical of the practice of just bringing back a bunch of, uh, of old faces and assuming that they know stuff about hockey too. I, I don't know. But again, I, I'm willing to give anyone that is not named Chuck Fletcher a shot. It's very true. That's very true. Um, and then, you know, from the Flyers' alleged change of their jerseys to uh, some Sixers players that 
may or may not be back next year. Uh, brought to you by Tomahawk Shades, the best small batch eyewear in the game. You guys can go to TomahawkShades.com, check out all the sunglasses, blue light glasses, and everything that they have uh, to make sure your eyes are protected from the violent blue light rays. And uh, just keep your eyes in tip-top shape. Go to TomahawkShades.com, use code USP at checkout for 25 percent off your order that's tomahawkshades.com code usp for 25 percent off your order uh montrez harrell declined his uh 2.7 million dollar player option and i do have to say pretty surprised that uh trez is betting on himself after the lackluster season that he had uh with the sixers last year don't know if he's gonna get 2.7 million uh with this new cap from another team but we shall see and then uh shake milton apparently more than likely not returning to the Sixers as he's going to look for a bigger deal um, unless things with James Harden uh, change, allegedly, is the, the story there. Yeah, so Montrez, I think, can actually technically get a raise on a vet minimum somewhere because of uh, the increase. So I, I think he's just exploring that. Fair enough. I'm going to be honest. In absolutely nothing uh, of, of importance in his time as a Sixer. Uh, it simply just exists on basketball reference. It, it does not, uh, it doesn't, doesn't really make an impact anywhere else. Shake Milton is a little more interesting. I got to be honest, though. I think people are really overselling the Shake Milton hype and that he's going to go somewhere and become something. Shake Milton has had chances here, and he has been just a spotty rotational player. Um, I, I, again, he's one of these guys that I think people have gotten really attached to, and he just has never. He's he's never hit the, the the ceiling. It's just it's just never worked out for him. I'm not going to pretend like the Sixers have always been perfect with Shake Milton, but he has gotten a lot of opportunities. I, I think people also have a tendency to treat him like he's like a young upcoming player. Still, he's twenty six. This is he just is who he is. Like he's he's a, he's a rotational guard player in the NBA. Um, you know he's looking for for maybe a place where he has a better establishment. Because listen, if Harden and Maxi come back. You know, he really is simply like a, a guy that's that's going to be just coming off the bench. Like, I, I, I just haven't seen from him. And, uh, you know, I, I wish him good luck. I have no ill will ill will towards him. But um, I, I think people have really, really overrated isn't the word. I think people have really overvalued his contribution and like the type of player he is, which is like a very natural thing to do, you know, and he's one of our longest tenured players, too. So that <laughs> that also makes sense. But. I think he's he's the type of player that I think people have just grown really attached to, and, and frankly, is it's just not been that impactful for us. And uh, on NBC Sports Philadelphia this week, uh, Noah Levick, who covers the team, uh, put out an article. We'll put it in the description uh, of the podcast as well. It's the 13 best undrafted Sixers of all time because Sixers obviously lacking draft picks due to uh, the league uh, taking them away for quote-unquote tampering with P.J. Tucker and Daniel House. Um, I did nothing, and they indicted me. <laughs> oh, that's that's Daryl to a T. <laughs> May have committed uh, so some light treatment. That's all. <laughs> that's what NFTs do, baby. Um... <laughs> He uh, he put here that uh, some of the close calls were Scott Brooks, Michael Curry, and Boban, uh, along with Daniel House, to uh, 
just missed the cut, but these are the team that he listed. Uh, just to get your thoughts here, Matt. Bruce Bowen uh, is number one on this list here. Spent 42 of his 873 NBA games as a sixer. Um, then after Bruce Bowen, it's uh, Raja Bell. And then, obviously, he was uh, on that 2000-2001 Sixers team. I went to the NBA Finals. Then we got one that is uh, one of the most beloved process era Sixers of all time, TJ McConnell, uh, Reggie Evans, Andres Nocioni, <laughs> Dwayne Dedman, uh, Justin Holiday, Kevin Ollie, no NBA champion, Ish Smith, <laughs> Anthony Oliver, Christian Wood, Robert Covington, Seth Curry. Uh, those are the, the players there that uh, Noah Levick had listed. I, I think the, the process era ones obviously stand out to everybody because it's the most recent, but if you had to pick from that list, who do you think uh, reigns supreme? So I'm going to be honest. I completely forgot Andres Nocioni played for the Sixers. Uh, that that has been uh, completely wiped from my brain. Uh, I mean, I, I think Bowen is, is definitely the best player on that list uh, in terms of, of impact. Uh, but, yeah, I, I think – there's quite a few players on the list that I would, I would love to have back. Um, you know, Christian Wood has been linked back with the Sixers somehow uh, this this offseason. So that would be – and the, the funny thing about this list is that seems to be the way the career has gone for a lot of these guys. It's drafted by the Sixers, spend your best years away, and then come back. Um, you know, not that Christian Wood is at the tail end of his career. But um, it does go to show, too, that I think, um, you know, the Sixers, you know, because obviously in the draft, they, like – the inspiration for this article talks about we don't have a pick. Um, you don't necessarily have to have a pick to get a little lucky. And it does seem like the Sixers might be getting aggressive at buying a, a second round pick if there's a guy that, that they like. Um, so that makes me a little happy to hear at least. But yeah, the, the Sixers at least have some history in, uh, in having luck with. Uh, and listen, even in, in recent years, you know, the, the Sixers have not been bad at all picking in the late first, uh, finding guys in the second round. Um, that's been something they've done at a, at a pretty decent rate. So, uh, you know, it's, it's easy to overlook these guys that, that, you know, kind of come later in the night and don't get all the, the big, uh, the interviews afterwards and all that, but they can be just as important. I mean, one was just uh, finals MVP. So, you know, that's, that's the way it goes. So kind if the, if the Sixers do end up, you know, buying a second round pick, so kind of Joshua Harris to, uh, spare some yacht fuel money this month to, uh, allow the Sixers to get somebody in the draft. Well, I don't think he can take the yacht out because, uh, you know, we obviously have the lost submarine, but we also have Orcas just going buck wild on uh, on super yachts all across the globe. So I think I think he's been advised that uh, it's strictly helicopters from now on because as of yet, uh, geese and other birds have not started to attack helicopters. I'm sure that's the next thing coming. But uh, right now, I think it's a very dangerous time to be a billionaire out on the ocean. I think, you know, you're really... You're really putting yourself in uh, in in forces of nature that you can't control. So they uh, going back to the the submarine article where it was banging was heard underneath the ocean. It was somebody photoshopped just a bunch of orcas with pots and pans with wooden spoons banging off. Yeah, uh, I listen. Shout out to the orcas, man. They got it figured out. They know what they're doing. I respect them. Uh, last bit here, obviously, it's the Philadelphia Union, uh, who are still 
right where right where you want to see them towards the top of the table. They're in fourth place in the East right now, uh, with third points on the season, just behind New England, who's at uh, thirty three, Nashville with thirty five, and Cincinnati with forty. Um, don't remember. So they lost to Orlando uh, on. Are they? They're playing Orlando losing. right now. They're one they're one nil down in Orlando. Yeah, a little bit tough too because uh, in the middle. The MLS is always a little weird with this in that they have games going on still during, like, international breaks. So, you know, you're almost kind of punished for having uh, – it's already a tough thing in Europe where, like, your best players go away during the break and they're, they're not able to, like, train or rest a little bit. It's even harder in the MLS where, you know, you have players actually missing game time now um, because they're away on international duty. Not much you can do about it, but, you know, you're missing guys like Blake or Gazdag, and, uh, and that's a, a frustrating uh, component to all this, but – um, you know, you, you hope that you can still uh, still get a win. It's a little tough when you go one nil down early, though. That uh, that does not help. You know. Yeah, it's tough, um, especially since you know Orlando's a team that the Union should be able to beat. So hopefully they're able to kind of rebound there. But 16th minute right now, uh, being down one nothing is is tough because you know you see yourself in fourth place now uh, with not as many games in the month of June to kind of you know, bounce back and forth between some of these top teams in the table. So you want to see as much success against these teams that you're capable of beating and should beating uh, more often than not. So hopefully they're able to bounce back here and then, uh, you know, finish the month of June strong into that stretch that they have to start off July. Yeah, and I know you'll like this uh, because uh, MLS is teaming up with Marvel uh, and the union uh, tweeted out a like teaser about it. So there's going to be some kind of uh, union MLS Marvel mashup that we're going to get uh, more on over the next few weeks. Uh, that's going to be a big part of their all-star weekend as well. So looking forward to that. Maybe a little, uh, a little, a little top bands, underground sports uh, uh, streamer season <laughs> crossover, the most there ambitious crossover event. <laughs> <laughs> Talk about the Avengers. Um, I mean, how much how much of the MLS Marvel collaboration is going to Messi's contract? That's what I want to know. Uh, I, th- I think uh, he's being recast, actually, as uh, Captain America's. Um, like, he's Captain of the Americas now, I think, is, uh, I think is, the, is the deal. So, yeah. There it is. Um, I believe that's all we've got for you guys on this episode. So, make sure you're following us at UndergroundPHI, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook.com. Um, slash underground sports phi twitch.tv slash underground sports phi follow matt on twitter at matt castarina follow me at kbizzl311 subscribe to the podcast feed on apple spotify or wherever you get your podcast leave a five-star rating and review it does go a long way for helping the show continue to grow helps more people find underground sports philadelphia and our entire network of podcasts uh and of course subscribe to our youtube channel youtube.com slash at underground sports philadelphia that's where you get full video episodes of this show and every podcast on our network Every single week, uh, including all of our video content, just goes right on the YouTube channel. And be sure to get your merch at PHI Apparel Company, the best in the game. PHIapparel.co, code underground to get 10% off any and all merch orders. Uh, it's the most effective and direct way to support everything we're doing. So go get your merch as well. And of course, this podcast is presented by City Vineland. Whether you are, uh, you know, to relocate your business, a new business startup, uh, or just, you know, you're looking for the best quality for your business out there. Uh, 
you know, looking to expand, relocate, or you're a new business startup, selecting the right location is critical to your success. And finally, New Jersey offers both an affordable business location and an excellent quality of life. The city's economic development department is a one-stop source for moving your project through the development and approval process. And their goal is to make this process as smooth as possible and to provide the fastest turnaround times in the region. If you're considering potential locations for your operation, contact the Vineland Economic Development Team at 856-794-4100. That's 856-794-4100. Vineland, New Jersey, where it's always growing season. A big thank you to Security 21 Security Systems and Paul J. Gillespie Incorporated for their continued support of this podcast. But this has been episode number 544 of Underground Sports Philadelphia. For Matt, I'm KB. Next week we'll be back in studio. Uh, But until then, we are getting the heck up out of here, and we are signing off. Peace.